Tahirgi. Hello. Good afternoon. How are you, Dan? Oh, hi. Hi, how are you? How are you doing up there in your big, <sighs> fancy, fancy, you know, San Francisco uh, pod? Mm. pod I'm doing, I'm, I got to be honest, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. I'm, I'm reminded of that phrase my grandmother would use, speak of the devil and he will appear. The devil you know versus the devil you don't know. Mm-hmm. Do you have a preference? Uh, the one you do, you do know. You're talking about me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's what I was thinking. Uh-huh. That's exactly the image. Huh. <laughs> do you ever put on a red paint? Are you kidding me? Of course I do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a... Do you uh, need it? Well, I mean, I think it helps in terms of branding. Um... <laughs> And, you know, like anybody, I think, you know, dress for the job you want. Not, not, the, not, not the job you, you have. <laughs> I, Dan Benjamin, I so dress for the job that I have. I wonder how I would dress for the job that I want. Do, do, do you have a sense of how you would do that? Do you not want the job you have? Um, mm. I shouldn't say. I really shouldn't say. Yeah. I like my fake job. You spend a lot of time indoors. I, you know what I do, and I'm trying to work on that. I'm really, I'm trying to work on that. I'm trying to walk places um yeah i uh i have a whole regimen i saw that uh link everybody was pointing at the other day about uh that seven minute workout turns out the, the did you see that thing was floating around you can there's a seven minute thing you can do you lean against the wall you <laughs> do a little stretch and it's apparently the same turns out is it's this about, for your neck oh you know what it's getting i don't want to speak you don't the want devil. to jinx it right that's right he'll show up with his Red suit and his little size sword. Pitchfork is totally old school. Yeah. It's all um, about the size now. Huh. I like the idea of me being a personal devil of yours, though. And now, like, would you be the devil? The- would you be the kind of devil that haunts? Would you be the kind of devil that sits on a shoulder giving good or bad advice? Or would you be um, the kind of devil that sort of, you know, like, like leads the person astray? Right. Uh, well, they're different. I, they're, they're different. No, things. if I could just be honest, I, I, I think that is an extremely good question. I think there are a variety of devils. And I think you, you are putting your, your finger, your little red finger, right on the distinction. I think there is the, the devil that you know is, is the one on your shoulder and that may be causing your pinched nerve. Right. The devil, the <laughs> devil that you know is the little guy, looks kind of like the. Um, which distribution is that? Who has a devil? Looks like Casper the Ghost or uh, the Command BSD. Free or BSD. Free BSD. But that devil you know. Um, uh, that guy you know is there and you know you shouldn't be listening to. But, you know, even if you're medicated, you might still know that, that he or she, I don't want to be gender normative, is there telling you stuff you know you shouldn't do. Now, I think that is a yellow belt level of devilry. And I don't have a problem with that because everybody has to start. I think we've covered this sufficiently. Um, I would like to be the devil you don't know, which would be more of a needling feeling that you might be evil that I'm contributing to in ways you won't or can't understand. Hmm. Does that that make any sense, Dan? I think so. Yeah. I think a needling feeling is something I could definitely do. Free will? Yeah. You can choose a ready guide in some celestial voice. Have you ever, I, you ever seen that movie, Devil's Advocate? With Pacino oh, and uh, yeah. Keanu. 
Keanu. Is that the one where he's a lawyer for Satan? Yes. Spoiler oh, alert. Oh, oh, bonk. Shoot, I'm sorry. Uh, we'll edit that. I we'll think, edit all that out. Is that is that John Grisham or Stephen King? Who wrote that? Oh, I think that. that's Sigourney Weaver. Who wrote that? <laughs> so corny. Yeah, I think it was. Let me Google that. <laughs> Actress, voice Devil's actor, advocate. and devil's advocate, Sigourney Weaver for Nescafe. Hi. There was a TV series, uh, a Dutch reality TV series called The that's Devil's got, Advocate. That it's got hard-coded subs. Oh, the Dutch. Can I, can I literally beg you one thing, and that is to not get me started on either Hank Pym mm-hmm. or the Dutch. The Dutch is, who is the Dutch? Um, the Dutch, the people from the people from the country of Dutch. I you know, Andrew Need, Need, Niederman's novel by the same name. That's not John Grisham at all. I thought mm. all. I thought all. Hmm, I thought all novels about law were either John Grisham or Clarence Darrow. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. I too. should. You know, I'm gonna have to check this out. If I'm gonna be the kind of devil that needles you when you don't know it, I'm gonna need to know a lot more trivia. You know, devils they used to draw them blue. Huh. Was that a printing error like Iron Man? No, they, apparently it was blue because instead of being hot, they were very cold. And they were cold because they were uh, far away from the sight of God and therefore cold. They were cast out. They were cold. They were away from God's light, frozen. Where'd you learn that? Is that in your studies? It's something I've been researching a lot of. about. Huh, that's super interesting. Now, I understand that in the, uh, in the Old Testament, as we, as we call it, um, or the Talmud, or the, as the, you say. the Bible, as, as other people call mm-hmm. it, I guess the Talmud. The Talmud counts as, as the Old Testament is the Talmud. Is that right? It's the first chapter of the Book of Torah. Torah. Mm-hmm. I um, entitled I'm just Shofar. Gonna, I'm, Shofar, so good. I'm going to write down. <laughs> yeah, I'm I knew you were going to do it. I, know, I knew you gonna, couldn't help it. It's called a Methuselah. <laughs> That's right. Um. I, uh, I, I am in my, in my new aspiration to shave and needle people going to write a lot of things down that I need to look into. Now, here's the other problem. If you become a devil, it seems to me that you have, and it's different from a demon. Am I right? Oh, they're very different. Okay. I'd like they're to, not like even to, subclassed. Hmm, I'd like to circle back to that. Um, I, is it true that in the Talmud, you don't have a, <laughs> is it true that in the Talmud, you don't have a devil in the conventional sense. That is people... absolutely true. There is no devil. Okay. There's so, the whole so, story of Satan and everything, but uh, that's that, all. That's all from our, our our stuff. No, that doesn't connect with there being a devil, a force of evil represented. That's not. That's not there at all. Does the tribe have a hell? Not really. No. No. It's waiting. Waiting online at a deli. <laughs> this is Wait. this is hell, Merlin. Mir. Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> so. I need to shave. So goy. I need to shave. Do you think this is what people tune in for? This is. Mm-hmm. I, when you, and when you say you need to shave, that really oh. says something. Here's the downside of, of going electric, right? This is this Bob Dylan faced this in the, in the mid 60s. Right. When I moved to an electric razor, I have had to accept a lot of things. Um, I, I try to shave a lot more. Now, I got to tell you, since, since I've ah, I got to tell you, since I got the, the, uh, the Remington, uh, which is not the Braun seven class B that Marco drives that I recommended. You mean, what is it? What is it? The Mark's Mark three series seven. Very hmm. good razor. Well, you know, you know, uh, BMB, uh, had, had a pretty major error in age of Ultron that my daughter and I caught. Oh, really? 
Mm-hmm. What do you mean error? Like continuity? He got something kind of big wrong. Now we'll circle back to that. Okay. Ever, ever since I started shaving electric, well, first of all, I went out and got some electric shave. Have you ever used electric shave? Oh, now, this lot- is the 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 uh, oily crap that you put on to make the shave go better. Well, like like so many things, like so many things. At is it a Panasonic, Jamie? God, I'm glad Jamie's here to keep me honest. Jamie might be the devil on my shoulder. Is Jamie in there? Jamie Jamie gives me a um, a running. Uh, sidebar on uh, on the things that I'm getting wrong and he tries to save me from myself because his memory is impeccable and he can't go to sleep if someone's wrong on the internet. He's a magician too. Did you know that? He does sleight of hand. He's an illusionist. A magic it's user. Illusionist. Illusionist. He's yeah. constantly talking about it. <sighs> Here's the thing. It's, it's got those skin tightening chin chillers that, that you, you splash it on and like so, mm. Dan, like so many things at Walgreens. Do you notice the difference? Have you ever, what? About, about whether or not you use the electric shave. Oh, oh, brother! This is this is this is this is the big bag of Pandora's potatoes that I am opening right now. Now, when you, I've known this since I've known this since college. If you're going to shave wet, are you going to shave with a razor like a gentleman? You get as wet as you can, soapy as you can. You get wet, wet, wet. That's very important. Now they say it is said. They say that if you're going to use this, I guess Panasonic. It's charging right now. I can't see it. Uh, if you're going to use that, you could do it wet. You could do it dry. And I think I think that that's a shame. They they should tell you 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 want it dry. I think what you want is to use something like a Williams electric shave. And there is there's only there's uh, only one e. Otherwise, it would be too easy. Mm. And so what you do is like so many things at Walgreens, Dan. It is basically an ingredient and a label. Electric shave is essentially isopropyl alcohol and green. Oh, that's but, it. Oh, brother. You know what I did? You know, for my pinched nerve, I went and I got. I'll, we'll circle back to that. I, I I went to the Walgreens as you do, and I picked up some Tiger Balm. You ever gotten Tiger Balm? Oh, that is the best stuff. That Isn't just that takes me right back to my uh, judo days, where you'd walk judo into kicks. the into the uh, dojo, mm. and that would just that's just the permeating odor because there are so many horrific injuries happening in there. Is that right? You just smell respect and menthol. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. We're a Ben Gay family, wow. not to work ping pong. But but what what uh, what 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 I did is I went in there and they have my, my Walgreens, which is the worst Walgreens in the world. Had two kinds of uh, Tiger Tiger Bomb. They had um, extra strength Tiger Bomb, and they had ultra strength Tiger Bomb. And as you know, I will always buy the oh, high end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. a poor man. Yeah, sure. His uh, kids have no poor shoes. Can only afford the very best. Yes, yes, it's true. Pig like that. Mm-mm, you don't eat it one uh, electric shave at a time. So I, <laughs> I, I picked up the Ultra, but first I did pick up, I did pick up both, and, and because I've learned, I read the ingredients, the constituent elements, if you like. And uh, I, I'm doing this from memory, but there are, uh, there's wax. Primarily you're buying wax. You're buying, you're buying like a, a therapeutic wax. What, like paraffin? Mm, I don't know if it's paraffin. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll check on that. I'm going to put that on the card here. Um. I, uh, I I looked at the label on the extra strength versus the ultra, mm. and I might be getting these a little bit backwards, but the extra strength had 10% camphor mm-hmm. and 10% menthol, and the ultra strength had 10% camphor and 11% mm. menthol. How do you know what to do? Well, I mean, you know, I'm not an idiot. Obviously, I bought the ultra strength for the extra, extra percent. Right. Did the upgrade. Get a little more leg room. 
Um, Age of Ultron, Devil. Um, okay. So anyway, that's that's probably enough of the Bible. What else are we gonna circle back to? Uh we gotta avoid like you know, Dan, we gotta Hank avoid Pam. Yeah, we gotta avoid Hank Pym. I gotta be honest, this is a bee in my bonnet, and I promised people I would not talk about Hank Pym too much, but he's really he's really getting under my skin. Oh, 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 oh. I can send you the screen grab of this. It's really funny. So, uh, how can I do this spoiler free? We've, we've been voraciously reading Age of Ultron, which which I'm really unexpectedly enjoying. Um, I think it's yeah. But let's just say that there is something that happens where none of the people, none of the superheroes, have their stuff, and then they go into a room where there is their stuff. Like, so Hawkeye has some a bow and some arrows. Uh, Spidey has some web shooters. Very, very funny scene. And then Tony walks up and, um, and, and sees his old original red and yellow Iron Man suit, whereas he, whereas he hasn't because of what happens in this Age of Ultron. He doesn't have his Iron Man suit. And he walks up, he goes, oh, I love you, Mark, too. <laughs> so that's a big quote in our household. <laughs> but here's, you ready for the Van Hoot moment? Yeah. That ain't no Mark II, buddy. That's a Mark III. Oh, that's the mistake. Oh, brother. I can't believe they didn't catch that. He writes so much. He writes so much that it would be impossible for him to get everything right. And I just cannot even tell you how much I hate myself that my daughter and I Googled to find out Mark II versus Mark III. But now we know. We've spent a lot of time talking about Hank Pym lately. I know that's going to be controversial for some of the Hank Pym apologists. But the more I learn about Hank Pym, the angrier I get. I'm not, even, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about that, Dan. But... Could we do a little bit of FU? Do you mind just quickly? No, I don't mind it. I mean, it's I want to show, say quickly, I just you thank you, it. thank you, thank you. Uh, first time supplicant. I uh, I just posted this list on on my Tumblr because, as you know, I like to prepare for the show. Um, I like the ones that you prepare. You like the ones? they're so good, and Not I feel real. like I can just sit back, yeah. rest on the laurels. Yeah, talking to your shoe, and just yeah, I put the shoe up, uh-huh. and I walk uh-huh. around. I hold the phone in the one hand. Yes, God, that right. was the best. Do you, you remember you, that? I mean, it's, yeah. It's remember weird. I used to be Merlin? I used to be Merlin Man. You used Man. to be Merlin Man. Oh my God. Woo. Now I'm just another guy in a suit with a side sword. Um, <laughs> <laughs> skin tightening chin chillers. Uh, let's see. Gosh, where to begin? Um, first of all, a correction from last week uh, that is a, it's perhaps a minor correction, but as Dale uh, Carnegie or maybe it's Andrew Carnegie, one, one guy's steal and the other guy's compliments. I don't, uh, you, everybody loves the sound of their own name. I would like to apologize to Mr. Roger Von Eck, uh, who last week I referred to as Roger Van Eck. This is, this is how seriously I take our program down. I notice things like that. Continuity so, errors. Continuity errors. Uh, the mark it's the Mark III of Roger von Eck, which I think that might be a German name. It might be Dutch. He might be a Dutch. He, Roger von Eck might have hard coded subs, mm. just like most of the men in um, Germany. And uh, so I apologize. There are links in show notes uh, to Roger von Eck's work. Dan, Dan, can I ask you a question? Yeah, go ahead, caller. Thank you. Are you done drinking? I'm not drinking anything. <sighs> I, I thought you were drinking again. I mean, in general, but I'm not, not during this show. This show, I, I have a special rule. Usually here in the, in the studio, people, mm-hmm. you know, can come in and bring, bring something or ask, you know, kind of you hold, bring you know, a dog, ask a question. Feet. When I'm on this show, there is a standing order. There will be, there will be no conversation. There is will that be right? No you, you, will not, you will not suffer it. I, you, yes. You could say I'm insufferable. Insufferable. Do you feel like that helps the quality of your performance in the program writ large? Uh, with most shows, I can handle a little bit of distraction. With this show, I have to be on my 
you know, I have to get my game face on. Yes, and, and I, it, I, I, that, I dim that, uh, the light. Black stuff under your under your eyes. It's called shoe polish. Shoe polish. And I, the lights are dim. I have right. all the unnecessary computers off. Everything is just full focus, just so I can keep up. You look in the mirror. You pop a Dexedrine. You say, "Showtime, folks." <laughs> That's exactly it. Got to get on that media guide, um, Roger. Yeah, we got to get that done. The Dutch. What was I talking about, Dan? Oh, yes. Dan, can I ask you a question? Go ahead, caller. Thank you. Uh, first time drinker. It, hmm, I wish. Um, <laughs> if people wanted to find show notes for episode 119 of your Back to Work program, could you give people a sense of where they would go for that? This, of this episode? Isn't this 119? Am five, I wrong? Yeah, no, sure. 5 okay. by 5tv five slash B as in Bronco, hmm. 2 <laughs> as in W, W as in Western, slash 119. Wow. And you can get the newsletter. Right on there, little link. Can so I be what, honest with you? Go ahead. We are getting a lot of nice. The newsletter is the best. People like it. And, you and spend, it makes, here's the thing. This is, is here's you the spend thing a lot of time. They don't know. Writing the notes. You spend a lot of time making the show notes really, really good. You I'm a put, teacher as well as a curator. A writer. Hmm. And you, I thought, why not let, let, the people know about this. So you can go to the sign up and what you get is every week you get a little newsletter that has all of the Merlin's links and his little write up. And if he puts in a weird picture that's in there, all of that. And it's a newsletter it just goes and it tells you, gives you a link to the show. Everything's done. This is a great way to repurpose new media for, for slightly less new media because it really works in that format. And, and it's, and it's, a, I think it's a nice thing because, um, you know, we can't, it, you know, shame on people for not listening to every single episode in order. But, you know, I, I understand time is tight. But watch out for that needly devil because he might be there in your Instacast. That's one to grow on. But if somebody is just kind of not sitting there and listening to every episode or not like reading the notes for everyone, I think this is a nice way. They call it, uh, what are the permissions-based marketing or multi-level marketing as it's called. And, and th this is a way Ponzi. of saying to people, Ponzi, Ponzi pyramid, hey. Hi, can I ask you a question? <laughs> oh, he's back. Would you like, hi, would you like to see a little bit more revenue in your downstream? Frustrated? Need a mortgage? Bad credit? No credit? Hi. And so this is a way for us to uh, that's touch of, That's him after a couple, a couple <laughs> Valium, you know, like he's... <laughs> oh, Gil needs this one. <laughs> oh. I, I watched it again. I watched it again this week. Literally. Steak knives. It's so good. It's something I will promote uh, in a moment. I, I of all of the inscrutable media, I, I I think definitely Big Lebowski is at the top. But I think I think Alec Baldwin's speech from Glenn Gary Glenn Ross can help you understand not only this show and our vertical space, mm, but a lot about the two of us. Don't the two think? of us. The two of us, you and me, as you say. Yeah, yeah. I'm down with that. Anyway, you guys should subscribe to the newsletter. It's, it's pretty good. And we, we personally each get a dollar for every newsletter subscriber. You're telling me that a dollar is given to us for every subscriber. It's mm -hmm. a way to support the show. Mm -hmm. is that's that actually true. true. Is that true? No. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'm sorry to uh, Roger Von Eck and his hard-coded subs. Um, boy, you, you, don't, you don't ever have run into that, do you, the hard-coded subs? It's very frustrating. Hard-coded subs? Hard-coded subs. Yeah. Is that like a hoagie? Yeah, it's kind of hoagie. It's a hoagie. You know, put, put it in the... Put, put, 
It's a hoagie with a diuresis. How hard is it to put it in the .nfo file? Would it kill you? Oh man, would say it? Hard coated Dutch subs, whatever those are. People oh. are just lazy. That's what it comes down to. Which brings us to today's topic. It brings us to today's topic, which is uh, just a couple of quick things to talk about. I mentioned in passing quickly um, three three things that I'd like you to listen to. Uh, your Mac Power Users program that, that, that you literally run. No, uh, David and Katie's uh, Mac Power Users, um, the penultimate episode on iOS automation, I thought was very good. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. And for, for people who sat through our my long screed about the drafts app that I'm so obsessed with... I was talking to somebody yesterday. Oh yeah, this really cool dude I was talking to yesterday was saying that he's <laughs> he's like something along the lines of that like David Sparks and I are like this yin and yang. Let's work ping pong. But you know, I'm out there yelling at everybody about productivity, but also David is and, and Katie, but you know, David in particular is like he's so good at um walking you through like how to actually do a cool thing. I think it's a real gift of his. Um, you know, he he's real crooked, like all those lawyers, but but he um I, I think it's a very good show, and they talk about a lot of the stuff that we've mentioned and that I mentioned when I was on their show, but you know, they've got their own David and Katie spin on it. Anyway, it's in show notes. Um, Mac Power Users episode on iOS automation. A couple more quickies. Um, uh, podcast uh, came out today from the Beyond the To-Do List site. My friend uh, Eric put out, my internet friend Eric. I mean, you know, we haven't gotten drinks or anything, but uh, and uh, I think it's, uh, it's a pretty good interview with me about stuff. And that was the kind of thing I was saying. We should run that in the special, see if he wants that. I think it's a terrific we'll idea. run it as a, a special on he, 5 by 5 He's a social media guy, so he would, he would, probably, he would probably enjoy that. Would that best, give him the SEO he's searching for? Best enjoy that, cheap enjoy that, free enjoy that, Chinese enjoy that, Rolex, Viagra. Oh, I like he used one of the good pictures. Oh, is that the Wikipedia one? Is that, is that what he used? I think that's the one where your teeth Graham are Ballantyne. all... Teeth thank all... you, Graham Ballantyne. Yeah, no, I need, I need to get some. I look like Woodrow Wilson. You look smart. Yeah, thank you. I wish I had those glasses. That's when, back when he used to be Merlin Mann. Talking into my shoe. People could knew. You'd be, they'd see him. They'd say, oh, look at him. He's flapping his arms around. Woo! Remember that thing he used to do? I remember that, devil you know. Oh, you saw that video that time. Oh, yeah. Huh. That's huh. when I realized that you weren't as tall as I had been concerned you were. Wow, that is an interesting note, Dan. Mm -hmm. I would like to stand next to you someday. We're the same height. If I can find you. So anyway, that Mac Power Users is good. The Beyond the To-Do List, I think it's good. And Dan, the reason I mention it is uh, something um, that was... I like how in the notes he has getting things done by David Allen, copyright David Co. 2001. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, it's, it's I, you know, I, if you, if you follow, if you follow the, the junk that, that I do and you get tired of being overwhelmed with all the Glengarry Glen Ross, it's, it's a, it's a, a pretty good tour of, of stuff that I've uh, been interested in and cared about over the last few years. And I will mention it to, to the listeners of this program of whom I hope there are still some that uh, I've teased at, I, I know you know this. On, on our famous phone call, we talked about this, but oh, I've talked, yeah, I, I talk in a little bit more detail about exactly what made me have to do this show. So in addition to fleshing out the yelling at the vice president by the elevator story, just a little bit, um, I'll just talk a little more about like the book stuff. And anyway, uh, it was, I think it's a pretty good interview and, uh, yep. Uh, beyond the to-do list. Uh, and then, Dan, I, I've just, I'm sorry, I've got, I, I, this is on your 5x5 five five network too, that program, uh, The Incomparable. Um, uh, yeah, I'm familiar with that one. 
Yeah. Now, now I, this is not my proudest moment. I think I could have been better on this show because I was so scared. But I was invited on. I cast a hex spell. On, on, I cast a hex spell on Jason Snell. That scans nicely. Um, and uh, at all. And so we, I was invited to participate in an incomparable episode on Brian Michael Bendis's classic House of M Marvel uh, eight-issue series that I happen to really love a lot. And um, I'm pretty sure I could do a separate one-hour episode on almost every page because I couldn't shut up. And it's kind of annoying, but it was really good. And the After Dark Ford is really good. Um, but no, it was, who was it? It was, it was, uh, me, uh, of course, Jason, the host, Andy and Notco, Lisa Schmeiser, who's the best and Moises Chuyon. Yeah. I'm familiar with him. Am I doing it right? No, no, no. I'm just trying to get the name right. There Chuyon. is no getting it right. Chuyon. No, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I ate the booger. Moises Chuyon. Yeah. It's like you're excited. Like you're a, like a Greg Land lady. Yeah. You're going to get, you're going to get pumped up. you to make Greg Land face. Chuyon. Hmm. Pixie sure looks happy a lot of the time. Anyway, um, so uh, if you if you enjoy the comics, and I'm sure you do, go uh, check that out. House of M. House of M. Um, uh, I never sent you that TPP, did I? I don't think I did. No, and I, you know what? I looked I for that on read free comic. Read well, I, uh, free comic book day. Was it they have issue one of that? Oh, on free comic day, you and went and looked for. It. I went and looked oh. for the trade paperback of it, but I could only find like a hardcover, and it was like a thousand pages. Well, okay, one reason I can really recommend House of M, and uh, boy, the spoiler horn is is loud and large. Boy, those guys can get to a spoiler really fast. Oh, it's it's like they that's the whole point of the show, is to hit you with that. You know, I, I love Jason Snell, but my goodness, they didn't even tell you what the story was before they're giving you the two biggest plot twists in the whole thing. Mm. There might be more, I'm not saying. Did you see Mad Men the other night? No, I'm still, I'm still in, <laughs> I'm in mid... I know, I'm kidding. <laughs> We're... Still what? in midway through season five. Did you have Greek food last night? <laughs> no, never, never. I did. Still, <sighs> still there. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I'm done. I had, uh, I had, uh, yeah. I took care of my business. Um, the reason I like House of M is it's really good, and it's got a lot of great stuff about the characters we love. Um, the Spider-Man part of House of M is just. You know, I mentioned it to you because the Spider-Man part is just so good and so Peter Parker. But um, the other thing I love about it is you really can read. <laughs> Get ready for this. I know this is going to sound like I'm not talking about Marvel. You can read eight issues of a comic book and you don't have to read anything else. And in fact, if you do read something else like the Spider-Man tie-in, it actually has surprisingly little to do with the actual story. But it's, it's, it's neat. It's one of those things that I'm going to have to start adding to my list alongside Astonishing X-Men, Saga, and Watchmen in, in the like, well, you know, this is a pretty good place to start. You, you know, and it's weird how, how big Scarlet Witch has become. Like physically? In, in, well, in like the mainstream and pseudo-mainstream continuity, like how big she is. We read, my, my daughter wants to read AVX a couple times a week, so we're reading the prelude. I love the prelude to AVX. Did you, did you ever read that? The one where they're trying to get Wanda to come back to the mansion? Uh-huh. And, oh man, it's great. Anyway, that's good. And, and here's, here's the embarrassing part is um, if you don't, if you don't, if you aren't that into comics or you just, you know, don't like me that much, which is so understandable. I'm literally a red devil with a side sword. Um, the after dark for that is very, very funny. It's, it's very funny. Lisa Schmeiser is so great. I really, really like her. She's a genius. My God, she's got some deep catalog. I know, it's amazing. She, she, she's not even fronting. I mean, like, she, she's read some really terrible stuff. And, <laughs> and she can tell you what you're wrong about. She's like a, she's like a, a smart lady Syracuse, comic-wise. I know. 
I mean, it doesn't matter that she's a lady. I'm sure she's late, but man, goddamn, she's smart. Anyway, sorry, GD. Uh, that's mostly it. I put up a new text expander for sorry, I don't argue on the internet, uh, which, which kind of relates to a possible topic. I think you might have a better topic for today. Age of Ultron uh, comics. I think Age of Ultron is probably a little, eh, a little controversial. I'm really enjoying it. It is a real slow starter, but by the time you get to <laughs> issue five, it starts picking up. And uh, you know what? I'm, I'm literally not going to talk about Hank Pym, but my God. Did you see that panel I sent you where he hits Wasp? Yeah, that seems um, out of character. And then there's all these Hank Pym apologists. Like, oh, you know, he's frustrated, you know? And Isn't the way she was dressed, you, who, why would you hit her? Look at the way she's dressed. Of course she'd hit a lady like that. No, I, I don't like that hat. Why does she have headphones? My daughter says they're not headphones. What do you, what do you know about the headphones? What is, she, what is she doing with those? Is in that this, where she in keeps, this picture? Is that, no, no, just when she's over, she's wearing that pointy hat and the headphones. Are those not headphones? Is that no, I keeps, don't think they're supposed to be... Articles? See if there's a, I can find a picture of this for the show. Well, you know what? We'll do, we can do it in After Dark. Anyway, I like Age of Ultron. Uh, I'm getting into Vision a lot. Uh, you know what else is great? I think I told you this. That um, well, they do look a, like headphones. There's a few origins uh, one shots, as you say. Uh, the Vision one is great, and I put up some photos on my weblog or blog. I don't know if you saw those, but the, the way this uh, I forget. I'm sorry, I forget the artist's name. The way this person, I think it's a little Sinkovitzian uh, painting painterly look to Vision that is. Mm. Really, really good. And I took my daughter to Iron Man 3 in 3D IMAX, and it didn't go great. Have you ever been to an IMAX movie, Dan? I am going to go to one to see the new Star Trek movie. I also saw Iron Man 3, but not in an IMAX. Just in- We saw the first 25 minutes of Iron Man 3. What Dan, happened? why does it have to be so loud? As you know, I am deaf. I can't hear anything. But it is, And part of it is I was sensitive to my, my daughter has very sensitive hearing. As in, like, she can hear things well. And noises bother her. Giant noises bother her. But it was ridiculously loud. We had to sit through this, like, five-minute congratulatory demo about their tech. You get, when you go to an IMAX movie, there's this whole, like, it looks like something from 1978. Did you know that the technology behind this, the audio, has the power of 15,000 mm. CD-ROMs? This was the first... <laughs> what? This was the first technology to put music on a DVD. Wow. Neat. And then, ah, you can see through the curtain and see all the speakers behind it before it blows you out of your seat. Do you think that's to make people feel like they're getting their money's worth? It's really, really loud, Dan. I don't know why they everything has to be so loud. The trailer for Star Trek, like... But you know what? My- it doesn't... It, it, I think there's two classes of people that the noise will bother. And I think that is the very young, mm-hmm. like your daughter. <laughs> and? And then the next <laughs> stage of volume disturbed people, which would be the very old, which is... yes. Know. Well, and if you get your hearing at just the right level, you don't get the feedback. You know, Dr. Drang has a post about this. He started writing it in Python, but then he went down to Assembly Assembler because uh, he wanted to get close to the hearing aid metal. Close to the metal, last thing! John Syracuse, mm-hmm. did you see the photo? Did you see the photo? I did see that. This, this, this Apocrypha, there's a link in show notes to um, um, a wonderful photo of John Syracuse. I will not spoil the joke. Any more than I have, please go to show notes and check out a wonderful photo of John. I think I put it already in the extended notes. Extended notes. I like that little block. You like the block? Do you think it's too much? Mm. I, you know, I go into the acorn. I bought the acorn four, and I go in and I try to, I pick a format that is appropriate, and I try not to make it too heavy in terms of K. So I hope it's not obnoxious. I try to keep the photos modestly sized. 
But again, you get the email, you know, you get the email and, and you send out the email with the show notes on like the day of the show, right? Yeah. They, they go out usually within, uh, you know, a couple hours after the show. Yeah. People should subscribe to that. Anyway, that's, I've got a lot more, but I'm not going to talk about Hank Pym. Did you want to tell me about anything you like? Sure. I can do that. Squarespace. Drink? Drinking water? No, I'm not drinking anything. Okay. My God. Hey, Dan. Uh, this episode got- is brought to you by Squarespace. It's an all-in-one platform. makes it easy to create your own website. They have a free trial. It's 10% off if you use our code. So squarespace.com, that's all you need to remember. But then you need to use our special offer code. Merlin, are you aware of what the offer code is? I am. You'll, you'll have an even more handsome uh, 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 uniform resource locator. What's the stand for? And- URI is the thing where you drink cranberry juice, right? Enchiridion. Oh, the Enchiridion. That is the offer code or promo code, as you say. Oh, come on. (laughs) Yes. No. I thought we're we're still on yak shape. Enchiridion. Oh, just spell it like it sounds. (laughs) Yeah, good luck with this. No, you're messing with me. I am not. I would never. (sighs) Enchiridion. E-N-C-H-I-R-I-D-I-O-N. How else would you spell Enchiridion? There's no Y in Enchiridion? No, Enchiridion. Huh. Huh. Listen. So there's 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 the, like like two eyes in team there. That's Enchiridion. Boy, that's good. You know, you learn how to kiss a princess in that book. This gives you a free trial. Mm. Ten, we need to get Anna on here and do that show. I know you want Mike on there, but... I thought we were going to record Thursday and then you putzed out on me. No, I'm doing it. I'm there. You want to tell me about something you like? Squarespace. Constantly updating their platform with new features. One of the things that I really like, I've been talking about this a lot because we've talked about how they're responsive, talk about how everything is drag and drop. We talk about their support. But they also have, and I love this, they have connected accounts, which means you can connect like Twitter, Facebook. Uh, I, I know, Merlin, you're all about LinkedIn, Pinterest, Instagram, Google. I put, I put them all up there. I put, GitHub. Uh, I you put, connect uh, everything. Jerk, jerk store and FaceHub and LinkBud and uh, You can duplicate up. pages. You can in, integrate Dropbox. And if you drag images into a Dropbox thing, it'll make it into a, automatically into a gallery on Squarespace. It, you don't even have to Is that, is that official now? Is that, yes. official, is that an official feature? Yes. <gasps> you know, that was a hack day thing. Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that. They, they, they had a plan for something that was even more ambitious that I, I think they ended up not, not doing. But I think Anthony did that on a hack day. You drop stuff into a Dropbox folder and that turns into a gallery. Boom. Nice. And like if you have, if, you, if you're the kind of person, if you're like a, a, a Merlin man where you have events and you go and you do tours, you things like that, and you have live events or workshops or, you know, like Merlin, you're a touring musician, whatever. Yes. You can share your schedule with this feature that they have called events calendars where every, like anything that you want, they can do this. It's really amazing. Squarespace.com code. Enchiridion, E-N-C-H-I-R-I-D-I-O-N. That <laughs> I supports the show. I want that I code to now. be our number one code. I want that to be in the history of the show. I want that to be the code that people use the most. You know, also, can I just say squarespace.com slash back to work. That helps us as well. But, but the main thing is help yourself. If you, it, would, it would help us a lot if you would go and visit that. You will help yourself. But just, God, just even type in Enchiridion. That feels good. Well, maybe, well, maybe after dark, we'll explain what that is for, for, for these sad, sad few who don't know. But this is a, this is a fantastic thing. We'll keep this short. But the, but the thing that makes Squarespace so great, and they didn't tell us to say this, but, but the thing I love about Squarespace is, you know, you could probably go out and find 
pretty much everything that's in Squarespace in a thousand different places, but you don't need to. It's <laughs> all right. in there. It's all in there. You like you don't have to sit there and fiddle with all of this stuff. They're constantly, as you say, they're constantly adding these new features. And and increasingly, I, I have to say, they really didn't tell us to say this. Like if you've got a small business, it's such a no-brainer. If you want to put up stuff like your store hours, they have new templates that look would be really great for a small business, a retail place, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is your stuff. You put it up and you are focused on getting that stuff accomplished rather than trying to figure out you know, how to make your dingai work. It's a, it's a terrific service, and, and we are very grateful um, for their really um, just inexplicably long-term support mm-hmm. of our show and the network, wouldn't you say? Very inexplicable. Is it explicable? Be honest. No. It's all in the Enchiridion. You just got to find it. Hmm. So anyway, thanks to Little Ryan and everybody. It's a wonderful company. They're super nice people. Very, very handsome as a group. Uh, I'm sure there's a couple outliers, but um, we're very <laughs> grateful uh, to uh, Squarespace for supporting 5x5 five five and Back to Work. It's always an outlier. Part, part, part of being... Part Corner of being, case, as you say. R- rule number five of being a devil is you have to say enough true stuff that you have credibility as a devil. Mm. But that means, you know, that's, that's the devil's greatest lie was that he thought everyone was handsome. Mm. I don't have that much more follow-up. We're going to have to figure something out. Oh. Didn't you want to talk about this thing uh, John did? Or is that after dark fodder? No, I'd be happy to. I had, uh, I've got a whole bunch of uh, potential topics. I'm not reading half a card. I uh, miss when you do that. Those were good. Uh, my, uh, my working title for this was Arguments, Destruction, and the Surprising Perils of Being Right, <clears throat> which I'll throw out. Um, but I would also love to talk about John Syracuse's shirt and, and Susan Kerr in general. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's what people tune in for? Or do they want to learn about being angry and right? Is there a difference between being angry and right? Discuss. And being, and be, being John Syracuse. Yeah. That'd be, <laughs> a fun, that'd be a movie I'd watch. Can you imagine that going he, into his head for a day? Oh, my God. He would be so critical of how much each person was getting him wrong. <laughs> you know, he never even had a flu shot. <laughs> no, I haven't finished those errands yet. Yours is better. Do yours. <laughs> now, when it suits you. I, I don't want no pressure. Right, you want me to jump in when it's... It has to be way, you don't you don't want it to be staged. You don't want it to be forced. Sometimes I'll give you my SpongeBob voices because I do SpongeBob voices because we we get the comic every time it comes out and read it. And, and when I'm really in the groove, I think I can really hit it. Can you Patrick, hit it? ah, hey SpongeBob, <laughs> ah, ah, me beautiful money. And uh, my my Squidward really needs that was a, lot a little of- a little Popeye for me. Always <laughs> <laughs> after me, Lucky Charms. I'm having a stroke. <laughs> I need to lay down. Woo. <laughs> I need I need all of my various Syracuse uh, body decoy <clears throat> models to body body decoy models. Is that what they call it? Three things. Three things you need on the cover of every Marvel comic. Can Professor X walk? Is Jean Grey dead? And is Nick Fury black? Now oh. then, from there, I'm sorry. I, you know, is is he? Um, but then from there, there's just a whole bunch of questions. I cannot keep up with whether Professor X is alive, dead, or an invalid. I really, it's so baffling to me. Or, or is he powered or depowered? Depowered, exactly. And at the end of House of M, um, <clears throat> it, eh, see, I'm trying to get away from the spoilers. I know it's a bummer. But that's, that's as, I, sure. as I mentioned on the, uh, on the program where I talked over everyone, it's, it's, it is strange to me that when you get to the end of House of M, it's, it's still not... Still not quite sure what's going on with Professor X. Boy, you know what I love is I love the end of the, of the new X-Men, that first uh, series where the, the big vault opens up and he walks out. Also, the guy in the crying game has a penis. <laughs> 
This you is, think there's this a, is, is there, what's, what's the statute of limitations? What am I thinking of? Statute of what's, is there a statute of limitations on spoilers? And if so, what? I mean, obviously, to the extent possible, especially involving Star Wars Episode Five. I think there are things like I've told my daughter. It's very, very important that you not be the kid who tells people what happens in Star Wars Episode Five. Don't be that guy, right? Don't you think? I think that's one that, that is widely known as that is. We should keep that sacred with kids. I, how do they not know? How do they not get it? I mean, if they've seen Toy Story, which one had that in its second? Zerg? Yeah. I mean, that whole joke in the second one. Was it the second one? Have you ever seen the videos of kids learning the secret? I have seen that. It's, it's just pure delight to watch the kids make a, make a, make a Greg Land O face, like when they find out the secret. I was on, <clears throat> excuse me, I was interviewed by uh, my friend uh, Colin Marshall many years ago, and I said that I thought that the statute of limits on spoilers should be when Dave Davies sits in for Terry Gross, which he does so much of the time, on a Friday to talk about the DVD re-release of a movie, at that point, you're allowed to talk about spoilers. Oh, so he's sort of paving the way for it. It makes it I call it right. the Davies, the Davies principle, and he's not the guy from the Kinks who would get hit by his brother. You know, they used to fight on stage, the Davies brothers. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terry Gross is a hard baller. It's the life that chose me. You want to talk about Susan Care and uh, T-shirts? Or do you want to talk about everybody being mad? Susan Care was the woman who created the K-A-R-E. Created the... I'll put this in the show notes. Why not? Mm -hmm. I'll I'll add that... uh, (laughs) How ironic. I'll just go grab a screen grab (laughs) of those icons and put them up. It's hard hard to... The original Macintosh icon. She created these and several of the fonts, I believe. I think so too. I think she might have done like San Francisco. Did she do Chicago? I need to check. If you go to care, K A R E dot com. God, what a good it. domain. Isn't that a good domain? It really she is. Must, she must have been there early. She probably had to tell that in to get that. Telnet. Um, it's so funny though, because I mean, for, for, I remember picking up a magazine in 1984, probably 1984, I guess maybe 1985, whatever, picking up a magazine and seeing this two page spread for the Macintosh computer. At a time when I had, you know, less than zero interest in computers. And I, it was so beautiful and it was set in whatever their flavor of Garamond was, right? And it, it, the little mouse and the way that it looked, I mean, I, 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 there, this is no, to me, and this is part of maybe the, the, the jobs in those days genius was like, this, it looked so cool. I saw a Lisa one time in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Like, wow. That's not nearly, that looks more like a, um, what was that word processor everybody used to have? Remember the thing that lo- kind of looked like that? It was like a... Like right, a, it, it, all it did was, uh, it was just a word processor. Um, it's going to kill me, I don't remember that. But the Lisa, I mean, it was really cool looking, you know, compared to everything else. But uh, first time you saw what a Mac looked like, it was, it was just so different and so weird, parodied in Bloom County. But like, it's, I don't know, I, I think... So Bill Atkinson, didn't he have a big role in like how stuff looked? Wasn't, wasn't he? Oh boy. You know what? Oh man, this is a minefield. This is a Syracuse and minefield we're getting into. But I, I will just say that if you go and look at Susan Kerr's work, if you go and look at the icons in particular that she did, the typefaces, facts, um, boy, it's, she had such a huge role in what we think of as like what it's like to, to look at the screen on a Mac. Don't you think? 
it, it, you know, these, it was such a different approach and that, you know, people will always talk about how Xerox had come up with the user interface, the idea of a graphical user interface first. They had a mouse, other things like that. But by, with, with Susan's, I call her Susan. I call her Susan. With Susan's work. I call her, I call her Sue Dog. It's, it, it is what humanized the whole thing. It made it, it took it from something that was a great idea. Xerox had a great idea to something that people wanted to use and that was practical and that was fun and that 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 was yes it was easier to use and I'm sure the the Xerox thing would have been easier to use than DOS which I know you love. Mm. But mm-hmm. the entire concept of the little happy Mac that was there when you turn this thing on. Like we look back and now you've got this very austere you know, gray apple that's there. Mm-hmm. But the idea that there used to be a little computer that would was smiling, that sets this completely different tone from everything everybody had thought about computers until that point. And if there was a and problem... So, so, so friendly, yeah, right? And today it's sort of cutesy and you look at it and you're like, oh man, how could that ever have been? Remember the turtle? It was like a turtle and a rabbit? For, in for the, the speed uh, of the, yeah. Was it for the mouse speed? I think it was the mouse speed. For anybody, who, for any, for both of you who are listening live, I just tooted out a, a link to what Dan and I are looking at right now. Or I assume what you're looking at: um, the smiling Mac, the little watch that means I'm doing something, <laughs> um, the bomb, Mac Paint, the image of a disc, the image of an uh, of a document, the image of the trash can, mm-hmm. the little the little square faced uh, guy with the exclamation point, letting you know. I mean, it's so. I, I, I'm just filled with nostalgia. Yeah, honestly, like joyful nostalgia looking at this because, you know, it was. You, you really you, you did nail it. I mean, it's 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 a, it's strange that you know something that us um, uh, touchy Mac people will probably always be a little touchy about was how Windows got successful after the Mac. Be, you know, because they did uh, a lot. We of, just took they, down her site. <laughs> Did we five by five ball her? Yes, we actually did. Oh, the images are breaking. Sorry, Susan. The service temporarily. Low Santo, Sue Dog. Oh, boy. That used to happen on MacBreak Weekly. I haven't done that in a long time. <laughs> um, anyway, those icons that you see to show that the images are not there. Mark Andreessen, uh, CERN. Remember CERN? Command uh, line interface. Um but it's funny because, I mean, it wasn't it, what, a couple of years later that, that Windows came out and it was um, so hard to look at as a Mac user. It was so hard to look at just because you were like, oh, gosh, I mean, this is, this, is, this is like a high school play about a computer. This is really weird looking. And the icons were so not pretty. Even, even Windows 95, right. such, such a leap forward with Windows 95 comparatively. Um, <laughs> what was the jobs used to say like a what a ice water in hell um but you know you go back and look at these things from 1984 is that correct yeah and i mean it's still um the limitations remember going into the fat bits and and going in and uh and editing your background and stuff those pixels like the size of your thumbnail it's amazing <laughs> what she was able to communicate the emotions that she was able to communicate and look, just think- a little like you mentioned before the little you know having a cursor and the cursor would give you a little watch showing you communicating the concept that I'm, I'm doing something right now and it's going to take some time. By little, the way, she's, little uh, things like that are so case, different. 
she, well, yeah, well, you know, second, I just want to say she's running Apache uh, 1342. Um, so the knock, I'm guessing the knock at care headquarters is probably a little frenzied with beepers right now. Yeah. But, um, you know what it was here? Here's one thing, just one thing that we could so take for granted today that was, if you had to encapsulate the magic, sure. The smiling Mac, when it comes on, wow, that was so great. But you put stuff in the trash and it bulged. Yeah. I mean, what, that's, that's clever on so many levels. Trash cans don't actually bulge unless you put a fat man in them with a lot of force. Uh, and boy, isn't that a friendly little image? And now you understand there's stuff in there. Ugh, remember the recycling bin? It's a crappy idea. Anyway, so we killed our site, and I feel kind of bad about that. Um, it'll come back. Yeah, that's what she said. So should we mention, we don't really need to mention why we're talking about this, do we? I guess we should. We have to, so. <laughs> it's, a bum, it's a bummer. I bought one. I know. You well, know? You, you didn't buy well, it. I un, so Suda bought one. So the, uh, our, our friend, John Syracuse, uh, host, ex-host, host emeritus of Hypercritical. Current host of the Accidental Tech Podcast with Casey. Sorry, Casey, I forgot to mention you one time. And our friend Marco. He, I guess, decided that he wanted to do Hypercritical t-shirts for WWDC. And he used a site called Teespring, which is like, it's Kickstarter for t-shirts. And he, I, I guess he uploaded a shirt that he had designed in three different colors, boys and girls. <laughs> and it was the Susan care Mac logo, not the happy Mac, just the Mac itself. I don't know when, when would you see that? In uh, that was the, I think that was the finder. Icon. That was the, was it? Okay. Well, was it during multi multi finder? But I mean, like if you went into the system folder, I think, and f- sorry, John, Boy, this is so if he listened meta. to the show, he'd be turning over in his grave. Right ah, now. He'd be <laughs> turning <laughs> over. He'd be turning over in his flu shot. <laughs> I think that was for Finder uh, resources, the kinds of things where if you double clicked, <laughs> it wouldn't really do anything. Uh, okay. Right? Yes. 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 Yeah. So he he took he appropriated this logo, the iconic icon. Yes, and put it on a T-shirt with the word hypercritical beneath it with the original whatever the font was. He got exactly, exactly the sli- right. slightly different version of Garamond that the yeah. Apple Garamond, I think it was called. And started selling these. I don't, we don't know how many he sold, uh, but then he had to cancel the whole thing and he has to refund. He refunded everybody's money and now there will be no shirts. Do you have any uh, inside baseball on this? No, no, I know, that, I know. I mean, what is that the kind of thing where you get a, a C and D? Or that's, that's what I a, wonder. I mean, that's not, I, a, that's not a, a M C M D. What's the one? What's the one where you uh, shouldn't use torrents? The um, K uh, K M F D M. Oh, they're a drug against war. Right. That's right. Huh? And what about the KLF? Oh, that's different, um, that's different than the SLA. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that till later, like three a.m. And the SRAs are are different from the ASVAB. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, anyway, but he, he probably, appropriated. Probably, I bet it was a CND. I bet it was. I a friend, bet it was. Yeah. And you know what? I wish it had been from Susan herself because I think she hand delivers these. Can you imagine how pretty that would be? It would be an icon of of John Syracuse <laughs> with holding onto bars. <laughs> <laughs> Bending them, like you get a little animated one. Can you imagine how frustrating that would be if she basically was like an icon mime, if she only communicated through single icons? 
<laughs> like you, you want her to say like, there's macaroni and cheese in the fridge, like heated up for two minutes. Yeah. I'm behind a glass wall. You know, that's it's a, it's that, amazing that's a, how far we've come with, with the kinds of icons and things that we have. And I, I was just thinking about this as I was looking at uh, my updates in the app store on my phone. Mm-hmm. And every time that I, that I launch this, I have something like 38 updates every time I launch it. Please update and, your review. Yeah. And it's, it's always interesting to me how, you know, on iOS, there are many, many more rules as far as the kinds of iconography that you need to have there. You're, you're, you know, in the size and shape and the way that it works as, as it is in like Mac OS 10, but it's still amazing within that. And this has been the case with applications forever. When you think about this process that Susan, I call her Susan, that she went through, she was really innovating something, coming out with this, what eventually became a framework that everybody else would follow. I mean, it's really interesting when you think about it that these things that we so take for granted that we still, you know, we make fun of the floppy disk icon when it's used to save something. Right. But that whole idea in and of itself was just so interesting that you could give, like you mentioned with the trash can bulging, that you could give feedback to somebody in a way that was very, very thoughtful because not giving somebody feedback in an operating system during a process, it's, that's it. They knew she knew or whoever was involved in this. They knew that you had to do that. Even, even back then in 1984, they knew yeah, that that, yeah. that could be the difference in, in, in making somebody happy or not. Is it okay? If it's going to take a little while, that sucks, but at least let me know that something is happening. You know, I just remember in windows 95, especially you would have the cursor just constantly changing, flipping back and forth between the awful little, um, but, but like trying to give you information about what was happening. Right. Because it, like it would, it, it, you would have different things that were happening and they, instead they had the little hourglass that would flip up and uh, rotate over on, on top of itself. Oh, right. And, and this, it would be flipping back and forth. People who used windows know exactly what I'm talking about. Does that mean it's, is it, that's not technically a page out, right? That just means. I have that, no that, idea. I think it, I think it was, I don't know. Okay. But it means it means there, um, there's more stuff happening now than I, I I can't get you exactly what you need right now because my resources are taken up doing lots of stuff. Is that kind? Of, that's yeah. kind of what a beach ball is, right? Yeah, kind of like that. Beach ball spinning. Think about think about that though. I mean, it took obviously. Boy, that's a shame nobody's ever talked about Max. Um, the one thing that's so interesting to me. Think about this. Think about if they had just come up with. When I say a graphical user interface, I, I I don't know if that's the term for it, but the combination of of the abstraction of having a screen that you look at and an input device that you use to manipulate objects. So, I mean, if they had just made like blank squares, like imagine you had, or like, look at the menu. Gosh, maybe you wouldn't even have a menu. Maybe you would have just had a tray that said MKDIR. You might've had one that said MV and, and maybe, you know what I'm saying? Like, but they didn't, they said new folder and they said copy. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's to me, and that that is a huge leap right there. But then to humanize it by saying, you know, that we're we're gonna take these objects in your life and, and not overdo it. You you know, I I I remember it wasn't too long. I guess it was at some point in the nineties. One of the online things I used, I don't know if it was CompuServe or AOL or probably another one. 
I, I seem to remember that when you logged in, you got a desk. And, and you know what? I, I Don't get me started on... <laughs> like a literal Pym, physical desk. Hank Pym or skeuomorphism. I don't <laughs> want to get into it. But but it was really funny because you were expected... Somebody had this idea of like, I, you know, when people interact with our site, it's going to be a lot like using a desk. It's like, well, actually, it's not. It's a lot like using a computer uh, is what it's like. And so you go and reference, click on this atlas over here, you know, or, you know, click on this pencil to write something. That's, you know, that's that's taking it too far, yeah. right? That's when When you're doing that, you're... You're asking people to keep participating in a not very interesting story rather than giving you an affordance for recognizing what's likely to happen after you do this thing. And my God, where do you begin? The menus. I mean, even menus. It was all so different from the TI-99-4A that I didn't understand. <laughs> you know, that must have been so wild for you. You've, you've talked before about, was it at the camp you said you went to a camp where you could either play play computer games or learn to program. Like you right? just run and kick the ball around, uh, and then they would bring you into the room where they had all the computers set up in the you know I guess you'd call it it was kind of an archaic form <laughs> of a computer lab. You can you can play leather goddesses of Phobos or you can learn a career. <laughs> That's right, and they didn't present <laughs> it that way. And see, they also had two kinds of computers. They had the Apple II, and I'm trying to remember. Because there were a different series of Apple IIs. There was the Apple II, just the, the, the proper two. And then there was like the Apple IIe, the Apple II Plus, the Apple IIj Plus, the Apple IIe. Was Apple IIe kind of like the, the deluxe one? I think that the Apple IIe... Had the color screen and everything? Did it have a color I'm, screen? I'm so out of my depth, Dan. And one thing I do remember K-Pro, about it is that it K-Pro, had... K-Pro, sorry, K-Pro. It did have 64K K-Pro. of RAM. K-Pro was the word processor. And it had, uh, if you had the two drives on the 2E, the two drives were like one unit that kind of fit together and sat on top. And the 2C was the one that, uh, what's his name, was using on the beach in 2010. He's sitting there with a little Apple IIc on, on the beach towel. The year or the movie? The movie. Okay. I mean, maybe in the year also. Is that Roy Scheider? Roy Scheider, that's... No. Is Showtime. that him? Showtime, folks. I don't know. Nice. Anyway, uh, the, the, mainly what we had was the, the proper Apple II with the two black-faced disk drives and then the monitor sitting on top of those, and it would actually say on it, like when you looked at the disk drive, it would say like disk two and it had this, the two was the same logo as the Apple two. And then it would say drive one and drive two. And there was always a big debate. Does drive one go on the left? Does drive two go on the left? It's all very confusing. How, how graphical. Fairly. Um, fairly. Uh, hmm. hmm. Boy, K-Pro is pretty. Closest right up and carry it but around. But then they would also have that they had the uh, TRS-80s in there. I'm sorry. This is forgive me. I'm just going to be honest. How um how graphical? I mean, what was what, when you were on an Apple II? I mean, most of my friends in in college who brought who had an Apple arrived in 1980, whatever that was, yeah. 1942 with an Apple it was an Apple II of some flavor. And um, what was? How did you interact with it? You were typing it, mostly typing. This is it, we had a TRS-80. I think it was a Model Three. Yep, this is it. Model Threes. Good old Model 3. I love you, Mark, too. 
But this and is so, the, but, and so we were given the choice. Do you want to go and just you can just play some games? They had the one game. Well, so this was not on a Mac. That was that was not on a Mac when you did that. The games, I think we did have games on the Mac, but most of the games are on the Trash Eighties. Okay. But on the the uh, no, not the Macs. I mean, they, we didn't have Macs yet. What was I the Macs? I your mom's apples. were they at your mom's school? Is that where you? The first time that I used a Mac, uh, gosh, when was that? That was a few years later because probably eighty. I probably didn't get to actually use one until maybe eighty five, mm-hmm. and I can't remember where the first one was. But I didn't own a Mac until the Mac SE came out. Then uh, that's what we got. I we must have had the discussion. That's what I had. An SE Doesn't or an SE30. Don't, don't be one of those people that says, oh, an SE30 is just an SE. Don't be that what, guy. But what, what do you take me for, Dan? All right. I know so few things, but yes. Um, the SE30 is... Is that you? This picture? No, no it's in Israel. Mazel tov. <laughs> What are you um, talking about, Israel? The K-Pro Is 2. that you? No, it's a boy in Israel. Read the title. Oh, yeah, I didn't see any link. Yeah, didn't no, see it's a little boy using just... a K-Pro. The K-Pro was a word processor that and, you could And just because up. I ask if it's you and you say it's in Israel, that doesn't mutually exclude. That's obviously an Israeli radio, Dan. Um, the SE30 is the greatest computer ever made, full stop. Um, I had an SE, uh, which I think was about uh, $42,000 with two floppy drives. And uh, I've told this story so many times, I apologize, but... Um, that's what I wrote my thesis on. That's what I tried to use PageMaker on with multiple disks. So I had my system disk in, and then it was either like four or six disks for PageMaker. Ka-chunk, <laughs> yeah. ka-chunk, 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 You had to keep flipping the disks in and out. What was that one? It wasn't PageMaker that you could do. It had all the clip art, the really awful clip art, and you could make like cards and brochures and stuff from it. Pa- Not card creator. Yeah, um, something like that. Oh, they've already... I've already made a John Syracuse behind bars in the chat. <laughs> Susan Care icon. What was that thing? I, I mean, it was, and it was like, it had all the, it wasn't Corel Draw way before that. It was like, pick, clip, card, clip, brochure maker or something. And it was really awful. But back then it seemed great. It was pretty amazing though. I mean, um, as long as we're in old man mode. I, I still have most of my floppies. I think I put up, I'll try and find a photo I put up of a bunch of my old floppies from... Um, floppy disks from uh, when I was in college and, you know, thesis backup, backup and all that. But I mean, it was funny because I had, yeah, you got to have a system disk that was, I don't know why, but in my memory, you know, I buy the 800K, 800K disks and then you could make them into 1.4 meg disks by doing some magic on them so you didn't have to buy the, the right. expensive you'd have to You'd have to notch them and then you would have to format them as high I, density. I don't even, yeah, I don't even remember how I did that, but you know, we all did that then. It was a style at the time. But um, I, I, for some reason, I, I seem to remember like having, you know, a system disk and then everything else happened on the other disks. And so I had right now, right now is what I wrote my thesis with, I think. I tried, I had a copy of Microsoft Word, but I really liked, which was great at the time, but I really liked right now. It was really in the pocket, in the same way that Canvas was like really in the pocket for me uh, for drawing. I mean, Canvas, Canvas and right now, like did about as much as I need to do today. Acorn 4 is great, but I mean, I don't, I don't need much more word processing than right now. Um, it was great. And it did footnotes and stuff. But I, so of course, anytime I had my, you had to have, um, I was working on papers or thesis or whatever, you had to have a copy of the application on that second disc with your files, you know? But then, you know, at some point, ah, gosh, what, I think it was my friend Jamie loaned me, lent me his, maybe his, it was a Jasmine. It wasn't a backpack. 
but he loaned me his Jasmine 20 meg drive. And it was like somebody had like given me a Ferrari. Well, it was so amazing. Bernoulli that box? I... No, it was not a Bernoulli box. <laughs> I got to find a way to get rid of my zip and my jazz discs. You can't kill those things. I should make them into shuriken. But, uh, <laughs> but, but you know what I'm saying? Like when I started like making those, making crappy newsletters for money after college, my friend, you know, he knew I was in a hard way as far as, you know, needing a drive, which is extremely costly at the time. And so he, he lent me his Jasmine. Uh, no, it was my friend John. And uh, <laughs> important to the story. <laughs> anyway, had to go to Shelbyville to get a heel for my shoe. And, and boy, that was so amazing, though, that I could, have, I could have all that stuff on there. It was just, it was so wackadoodle that I didn't need to be playing with the, the floppy um, drives anymore. But, you know, I mean, the, the, this is the thing also about the SE30, and I have no idea what we're talking about all of this. But this is the thing that, that was so great for me about the SE30 was when I got my, my job with Dave, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the real job with the fluorescent lights and everything. Uh-huh. Don't burn popcorn. <laughs> the um, I they gave me an SE30, and the second drive I got was a radius, one of those radius drives that turned. But the first one I got was just it looked like a it looked like a TV from the Dick Van Dyke Show. Wow. It was a 1921. I mean, it was, it was an improbably large black and white monitor. I don't mm. think it was even grayscale. It was just really, really, really big, and a thousand dollar scanner that we used for scanning things. And uh, I just the first time I flipped that thing on and started doing stuff, it was. Going from an SE to an SE30, which I mean, gosh, talk about the difference between lightning and lightning bug. <laughs> I, I I don't think I've apart from my MacBook Air, which is now almost three years old, those two computers f- feel faster to me than any other desktop computer I've ever used. So my, my MacBook Air just still feels improbably fast to me. But you know, I remember one of the things that made it hard. I got that beta. You pay like twenty five bucks and got the beta of OS ten. Whenever that oh, was. Oh, I remember that. Sure. And it was, it was pretty bad. And it was when, I, you know, I had tricked out eight and nine were so tricked out with, I think <laughs> it might've been like, it was, was it Hockenberry's company that made those even back then? Like all the icons and stuff. And I had like totally tricked out. I had everything the way I wanted. It's back when I used to be organized and, and tightly wound about these things. Nice. And you know, when you had to put everything in folders, you didn't have anything like spotlight. Right. Um, but I remember when I first installed I, I know I've told you the story. It's so stupid. But I put on that beta of OS X, not knowing anything about, I mean, knowing even less than I know now about, you know, Unix platform stuff. Yeah. And the first thing I noticed was the icons, those giant, giant, ugly pictures, like photographs. They were so heinous. And I just remember thinking, you're kidding me. You guys, this is what you've been working on? It was so weird. But the main thing was like how utterly unresponsive everything was and at the time i had a yosemite g3 i think was what the blue the big blue you know what i mean oh yeah 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 i think it was a g3 was yeah it was for sure and uh you know which was (laughs) plenty of firepower for using nine um and then i just remember like i remember thinking like as i was sitting there like probably watching a, a proto beach ball. I don't remember if they had the beach ball yet, but watching the, the beach ball spin and thinking like the, the SE30, the SE <laughs> that I had in 1988 was faster than this. Do you remember, do you remember how speedy, I guess even into the beginning of MultiFinder, do you remember how speedy the finder was? Oh yeah. Like everything was instantaneous. It was so tightly made. And then, you know, and even through eight and nine, yeah, it got silly. It got stupid. I, it, I had a steampunk looking computer for a while because of that, you know, skinning app everybody used 
But anyway, oh, it, okay, it just yeah. it, it took it, it wasn't until and I, I I don't mean to eat off uh, John Syracuse's flu plate here, but <laughs> it really wasn't until maybe Tiger that I got kind of excited about OS ten. I was oh, so so the the point of the non point of the story was I went <laughs> you know I'm not really into this OS ten. Um, I guess I'll just go take it off. And so I went, you know, casting about for the system folder because you know how it works. You just delete an extension and you don't know where you put it on the desktop. You don't have that extension anymore, yeah, right? it's gone. That's how it works. Or you run Conflict Catcher. And so, and so if memory serves, I went in and I saw something called library and I thought, I don't have any books on here. And so I deleted that. <laughs> right. You don't know. And, and then I started, that pick, crap for. I started picking through the system folder. And I thought, well, that's interesting. It's obviously a folder. They're just, you know, they're making it easier to understand. So they call it system. And going through there and deleting anything I didn't recognize. Recognize. Because I recognized a lot of stuff. I used, as stupid as I am and as little as I know, I used to, you know, do the Mac support for our small company. And so I knew all the, I knew the basic stuff of making a Mac work and when to run Norton and how to back up and how to make everybody's now up-to-date and contacts work across the network and all that stuff. Um, how, to, how to install that extension that wouldn't that would disable the ability to notice that you had a pirate copy. <laughs> and, and boy, did I ever... And this is back in the days before I was real good about backup. I maybe had retrospect running at that time, retrospect remote or whatever it was called. But can you imagine that? Doing that today. Like you want to... You, <laughs> you go in with your knowledge from, you know whatever 1998 or nine about how to get stuff off your system oh yeah and expect that any of that could work and i I installed it two more times before i had ever took i mean it was just it was so awful but i also i really last thing on that i I really did enjoy the days where you could drag a system folder somewhere and then that was your system folder and it worked you know what i mean the fact that it it, it was there well yeah and that, that it wasn't it wasn't, and I mean, gosh, what a different world we live in. Um, and how great is it? And now I've learned how to LN things so that I can put things on Dropbox and that's all really great. But you know, it was, there was, there was such a simplicity to all of that stuff that this week in particular, I really, 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 really miss. Why this week? Apple IDs, dude. Mm. I am having an ongoing series of really difficult Apple ID problems. Are you okay? It, no, I'm really not. One, I mean, it all started for me a couple... I'm sorry, I'm talking a lot. Um, it started a week or two ago. Maybe two weeks ago. And I learned a long time ago, Dan. I learned a long time ago, don't futz with your stuff when you're going somewhere. Don't futz with your stuff when you're busy. Because I've certainly been that guy who tried to install uh, a dot update on top of an OS 10 beta and then couldn't write his book that he didn't want to write. I've certainly been that guy. And I've certainly been the guy who said, yeah, maybe while I'm waiting for my plane at the airport, I'll try and fix my contacts. Not a great idea. Mm. And, uh, I went and like, you know, I buy a lot, a lot of stuff from Apple, iTunes app store stuff. And I, one night I just, you know, and sometimes, I don't know if you get this, but sometimes it just flips out. And once your password and you're not sure why, then other times it, it does, you know, here I'm talking about iTunes on the desktop. I'm talking about when you purchase something, it pretty much always wants your password when you purchase something, I think, on iOS. But I sat down at my home Mac because you know how it is. Now it's movie night. I'm sitting down and we're going to go watch a movie. And it gave me these completely inscrutable errors that the iTunes was not working and I went and checked and like all my 
Usually that means something's weird, like your credit card expired or so a transaction didn't go through or it's suspicious of something. That was all copacetic. And then I thought maybe I got hacked. I thought maybe something was crazy because <laughs> it's, it's telling me to go in and change my password. Yeah. Seems and fishy. I'm trying to explain this to my wife who's sympathetic to a point, but like and I had to go in and I mean, I want to have my kid watch the movie. I'm in a hurry. This is annoying. Hundreds and hundreds of dollars of stuff that I can't get to. And guess what? Now that I can't, you know, I go and change the password, like it won't get to my iTunes stuff on my Mac via mm. Apple TV. I've got to reset everything in the Apple TV. Oh, that'll be fun. I'll go retype my password in the Apple TV. And now every device I have is having trouble getting connected because the passwords need to be updated mm-hmm. and so on. So not all of them, but I mean, it's pretty good about some of that, but. It was really frustrating that I had to go and do that and then change everything to factor authentication. Got to go through all that again. Okay, fine, whatever. And then two days ago, suddenly my Apple TV went tits up and it wouldn't recognize my password. It didn't like anything. And, you know, Dan, I'm trying not to be an old man and just complain about stuff I don't understand. I'm going to research this more. But in the one hour that I spent trying to track down that problem, and let's be clear, after retyping, oh, also we couldn't find our dingus. So I'm sitting there with the Bluetooth keyboard and my iPhone, and extremely carefully. Well, first of all, I tried pasting it in out of one password because that's what I would always do for like a, a big password like that. Right. D- didn't like that. Password's wrong. Okay, I very meticulously typed it again. Your, your user ID or password did not agree. Okay, very carefully. And we're, we're not talking about a, a six-character password here. You have tried too many times. Uh, please go and deal with this over at that annoying site where you go and try and fix your Apple ID. And so I started Googling around, and here's, so far, I'm ready to, to report back on this when I discovered that it's pilot error, but based on going to the Apple help boards and Googling for everything I could find on this for an hour until I was, like, apoplectic, um, I can fix that problem. It, it's probably, oh, oh, and I never said, the iTunes problem was an iTunes problem. It was not my password. I went and Googled that, and it turns out that sometimes iTunes just flips out and doesn't like your password, and we're not sure why. I, I, I think it's a thing. And so I had to change my password and go through all of that kabuki just to get to that. But then the other day, I went and I Googled about this and everything I could find out, it came down to this. It looks like the best way to take care of an Apple TV password problem is to unplug and reset your router. Unplug your Apple TV, plug it back in, reset your entire Apple TV, and then re-enter all of that stuff again, and it might fix it. So... Not, you know, and you, it's amazing have how much... Have you ever we, had this? Am I, am I totally alone in no, this? No, I, I, I've had stranger and weirder variations of this same exact thing. And it really, it lets you know how reliant you are on just on one gatekeeper, key master combo that works. And it just, it has to work and it has to be right. And if you have the wrong password, like you're locked out of stuff that... that potentially brings your child joy well you know yes no you're absolutely right and i i but you get your password isn't working or you can't log into that thing and now you know and for people without kids they're like what's the big deal like if your kid really wants to see something i'll just spend three hours seven o'clock i'll just spend three hours trying to fix this so i can watch mad men no problem but in my case like i we it's on the calendar like, we're going to watch Spirited Away tonight. Mm-hmm. And now I can't even get to Spirited Away on my computer. And by the way, they don't sell any Miyazaki anywhere. You can't buy, as far as I found, on either Roku or anywhere. There's no Miyazaki, right? So you got to watch a Blu-ray or whatever. But I can't get to this thing I've ripped. I can't get to that. Uh, but no, here's the thing. And this is where I pull out my tinfoil hat. Is it's like PayPal. 
you know, PayPal is this very, like, very delicate system where I feel like I've done some very innocent things mm-hmm. that makes PayPal completely cut everything off. And then you make phone calls, whatever. Right. That, set that aside. Apple's starting to feel a little bit like that for me because of all that stuff that I, if my Apple TV doesn't like my password that I'm pretty sure is exactly right, I've tried to type it several different ways until it knock, locks me out for trying too many mm-hmm. times. Yeah. Now I can't, I can't get to any of my media on the Apple TV. I can't get to any of my media on my Mac. And just in terms of the very human terms that, you know, speaking of the very human terms that something like Susan Kerr's icons made us feel great about, that dragging a system folder and having it work made us feel great about, like now I am locked out of, I, I, my wife might hear about this someday, so I'm not going to say thousands, but let's just say a lot of stuff that I bought. I can't get to any of that. And I, I can't even get to, I can't get even, even get to stuff that's like actually mine, like MP3s I've ripped on my computer that are actually mine. And I don't know. I find that really, really frustrating. And, and the, 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 the thing that is the layer on top of this that I find frustrating, and I don't mean this to be an Apple bitch session, except that you're not going to find that many people who like Apple stuff more than me. And I've been fighting this for a long time mm-hmm. and it's driving me bananas. What I, what I tweeted about the other day was true. With my known good password for my Apple ID in place, I had to enter my password three times in a row to, um, to do something on the App Store on my phone. Now, I, sure, something could be crazy. Maybe that needs to be reauthorized. Sometimes all my iCloud stuff just grays out and has to think about it again. And, and like do it all over. Maybe I've maxed out my devices. I don't think I have. Whenever I reauthorize, it says like you're already authorized on mm-hmm. this computer. But here's the other problem. And this is, this is where it gets stupid and annoying is that what is your way out of that situation? Well, the one way out is to not get involved in the Apple ecosystem, which is, I have to say, it's, I respect that. I understand why people wouldn't want to do that. I understand why people would rather download CBRs than buy stuff on Comixology. Because guess what? All the stuff I bought on Comixology, I'm going to be locked out of. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Uh, when I move this all my stuff over to this new Mac on Mountain Lion, I have to reauthorize every application per application that I bought on the store. Okay, whatever, that's fine. But what's what's the common pattern in all of that? You get frustrated, right? You don't want to have to enter in, you know, a multi-character password. So what do you do? You pick a really, really crummy password that you can type, like using a four-way dingus. We've talked about this before. I think those two things together are hard to reconcile. That you would want to create a secure environment for people where you're sandboxing apps, but then you create an environment where it's difficult for anybody to have a non-trivial password to do it. Because I seriously, type, try, try to type a halfway decent password using that four-way thing. Yeah. And it, I get it right a lot of the time because I've done it a lot, but maybe it won't let me paste it in. <laughs> you know, via the remote app because that's a security problem. But I don't know. I, I'll, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to turn this into a bitch session. But it is funny to talk about those days, um, those halcyon salad days where stuff really was simple and you could get your hands around it. Whereas today now, I, I really do feel like, you know, you don't want to taunt Super Bowl. Like if you, if, you do, if you do anything to provoke the ecosystem, you might be locked out of everything. And mm-hmm. everything that you've ever bought from them is inaccessible now. Because of something, you, it, it's Kafka-esque. You may not understand what you even did wrong. And uh, it's, I don't know. I, I understand the need for protecting the stuff. I do really, really understand why they want to put DRM in a movie. I don't love it, but I do understand it. I understand why they don't want 50 different people using my account to get the stuff I've bought. I understand that. 
But like, they're a pretty smart company and they know enough about, this. seems to me they should know enough about what my habits are and what I do to know that I'm not doing anything suspicious. And if there's an easier way for me to get, to be able to watch Adventure Time when I go home today, I mean, I hope I can find it. But, you know, I spent an hour and a half on Sunday. I spent an hour yesterday and I still don't know what the problem is. And I'm very reluctant to go through the entire kabuki of resetting my password when I'm pretty sure that's not the actual problem. Locked out. Locked out. I don't know. I talked about this with Roderick last night. I, I feel like I... Oh, this I'm really, is another, another show that you're doing now. I'm not familiar with this work. I, I, I am, as I get older, uh, not like Dr. Drang old, but as I get Ooh. older, like, I mean, you're either old or an alcoholic when you start yelling at people about things that aren't their fault. And I, I don't, I don't, I, you know, I, you know, pick one, right? It's project management triangle, but I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to just go off about something. I went off about the whole like banning saga thing. And I felt like a real jerk about it when I found out that it was in fact comiXology, you know, that story mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. where there was the issue. And I felt really, I felt not embarrassed exactly, but I felt like a dummy that I got that story so wrong. And I apologized and said that was, that was careless of me. But um, I don't know. In this case, like I am so balls deep in the ecosystem at this point and pretty okay with it and, and willing to sort of defend the, the Byzantine nature of that Apple ecosystem. But then when something goes wrong on a Friday night, you just may not see your stuff for a while. You know, I mean, if you, if you stop running your credit card on something, it all just goes away. Oh, yeah. And I don't know. That, that's risky and troubling. And then when you put that alongside of the potential solution being picking out pencil 69 as your password, because you have to go back to all these devices, how many people are going to sit down like I do with all my devices in one place, you know, and whatever, I'm an idiot. I turned on the two factor authentication, but to have to go in, if you, why is it there if you can't turn it on? Well, if you, why is it there if you shouldn't use it and turn it on? um, You're, you're the, you're an idiot because you turned on something that Apple created for you to use. Oh, right. Well, okay, so, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like point, that's... I abs- well, that, to your point, though, yes, yes, precisely, Dan. And, and to your point, here's the way, here's the way I've, I've, I've thought of it, and it's the part that really frustrates me. In addition to being you know, a company that I respect a lot, I just don't understand a lot of what they do nowadays. And I try to keep out of it because mostly I really don't care, except when it affects like, how I use my stuff. But you know, um, this, is, this is something we've talked about a little bit. With, with passwords, uh, talk, lots, lots of things we've talked about this. But like, if you were uh, Apple's ideal customer, you came in having never bought anything before in the same way that the iPod came along and made people rethink what Apple was capable of. I think a lot of people today probably start by buying an iOS device. First thing you got to do is go in and set up that password. Mm-hmm. And if you're on an iOS device and you are not real comfortable with that crazy keyboard, uh, I'm just going to bet you don't put a one trillion year password in there. Yeah. By and large. And then, as we've said before, in my opinion or my guesstimation, that becomes a password you're going to reuse for as the average person, the, the normal user who, who is coming at this as a novice, is going to the extent possible reuse that password for as many things oh, as yeah. possible. Yeah, you only want to learn one. Right. And then, it, you know, that's kind of a bummer. Like if you've got uh, whatever they call back to my Mac these days and you've got port 22 open, you don't want pencil 69 to be all this dance between you and the big world. <laughs> Um, and so that's one thing I think is I really, really hope that in especially, I mean, one password, God, one password right now is so amazing for me on iOS in particular right now. I just, I, it's, it's chilling to me to imagine not using that app, but it just, I wonder if there's some better way to this where 
if you are the perfect Apple consumer, not the perfect, but you're their ideal consumer and you come in, you buy a bunch of devices and spend thousands of dollars on media, like, you know, you don't want them to end up feeling this way. And, you know, and again, I, I really, I'm open to the fact that I'm just getting something way wrong right here. But, and because I get a lot wrong, but like, as I sit here today, it honestly feels like if I get to a point where I have to unplug my cable router to, to fix a problem because the ports might be confused. It's like, I, you know, I don't know. I'm gonna have to research more, but, but to your point, when, when, when you become the ideal Apple consumer, but you have not been situated in a way that that ecosystem takes care of you, then that ecosystem is kind of breaking down. You know, we entrust when we, when we trust a company or we trust a whomever we, we, we trust their taste and their decision-making but then, you know, all it takes is that one Friday evening where I've done everything right and haven't changed anything. And, and now I can't get to any of my stuff. And, and I think that's when the tinfoil hats come out for a lot of people. At least for me, it's true. Where I go like, wow, why do, I, should, I, I should just go set up a Plex server and just go steal everything. <laughs> I, I want to be in compliance. Like, I want to have all this stuff. I love that convenience. But now, you know, I, I can't go watch Blade Runner. We can't because it's... You know, yeah. anyway, sorry, it's ranting. Everybody's mad. Everybody has to be right. Next, next time, maybe. Look at that little boy with his word processor. Isn't he it's cute? Funny. Is that you? No, this is in Israel. That doesn't, been, it still could be you. You're in mm-hmm. Israel right now. You think it's a, what are they, do they call it? Life model decoy? Is that what's called an LMD? <laughs> I think you're thinking of remote viewing. Dan, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I really get the sense that you have not made any kind of effort to keep up with what's happening with Nick Fury. Is that, is that fair to say? No, I don't care at all about Nick Fury or Cable not at all. or any of them. Really? <sighs> who cares? Nick Fury. I, he's not even, he's, you know, you, I, don't know, I don't know what he is anymore. Are you, are, you, are you provoking me? I like the Nick Fury from the movies better. Yeah. Well, I heard he's had a huge impact. Wow. You know, Dan, who hits Wasp? Isn't that, that's, it's not politically correct to... It's never right to hit a superhero, but man. All right. I hope we can figure this out. Are you going to be you all know? right? You know what? I, I wish I could lay down, but I'm going to go pick up my daughter and then we're going to probably have to watch, maybe watch Adventure Time on the iPad if I can get into that. If it doesn't think that I have deliberately tried to steal all of this stuff that I bought, We'll see how it goes. I, you, know, I'm, I, you know what? I do apologize. I did not mean to whine about that, except that it is incredibly frustrating to not have done anything wrong, as far as I can tell. Just one day, you go, you turn on the Apple TV, and it says, you got to re-enter your password. And, and my heart sinks. Because mm. it's just like getting the thing from PayPal, where they're like, you know, you touched your computer wrong, and now you don't have money. Right. So, can we end on a, how can we end on a happy note? You can't. Did you see my daughter's list of things that Hank Pym? You sent the, that to me, yeah, right before the show. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, will that be in the show notes? It's in the show notes already. It's on the page. But okay. I'm going to put this Israeli boy in too. Boy, he's cute. That does kind of look like me, doesn't it? Well, it looks the different. The hair is different, but, you know, you don't have those it's, glasses anymore. You know what it is? It, it's like if, if, uh, if Robbie Rist and me did a bunch of Jägermeister and, and, and really got in there, we might make this Israeli boy. You want to button this up? Yes. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.